Welcome to Disjointed. Our podcast mission is to bring a voice to the problems facing decision-making in the built environment. Today, communication and processes are disjointed in the world of design and construction. Work happens across tools, teams, and timelines, making it hard to keep everyone connected. It's a constant challenge to reduce friction and meet project expectations. We believe there's a better way. And I'm your host, Jeff Sample. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Disjointed. I have an industry friend here that I am excited to sit down and talk to, Mr. Alex Belkoffer. How are you, Alex? Fantastic, Jeff. Good to see you again, my friend. Well, it's great to have you here. For those of you who, uh, for those out there who haven't listened in before, let everybody know who you are, where you work, what you do, what you're passionate about. Sure. No, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, my name is Alex Belkoffer. I'm our virtual design and construction director here at McCarthy Building Companies, based in our central region in St. Louis, Missouri. Had the pleasure of knowing Jeff for the last several years now and his role as industry evangelist for a number of different organizations. Um, it's been a pleasure getting to know him more, talk with him more about how we change our industry to be better. Um, that is where my passion lies. Um, even though I work with construction technology on a daily basis. Um, I have an operations background and that's been my passion for years has been how to weave together project delivery as a general contractor, construction manager with the best technology uh, in our industry. And so looking forward to having this conversation with Jeff and many more and looking forward to meeting more of you. Yeah, it's great to have you, man. And and uh, that's what I love about your perspective is, is, you know, we, we usually are diving in and talking tech, right? That's been my my MO, but here at Disjointed, we're trying to get up and out of that a little bit and get out to teasing out the problem. So I've, I've had an opportunity to kind of introduce you to Disjointed. Um, when you hear that term, what do you think about with, uh, you know, building confidence in construction? Building confidence in construction. You know, I, what I like about the, the initial concept of Disjointed and just when I hear that word, uh, to me, it always comes back to weaving together various perspectives. Um, our industry is unique in the sense that it takes an army of people to, to design and coordinate and build these projects and to bring them to life. Um, and I think we have the best industry in the world. I, I love the design and construction industry. It's just a unique, uh, it's a unique dance, a unique, a unique um, orchestration of people, process, and technology to, to bring these, these difficult projects to life. Um, and disjointed is definitely true in the sense that, you know, it takes a lot of different pieces, parts, people, um, experience levels to be able to, to do these things. And so um, it's a constant dance. It's a constant orchestration, I think, of, of these different people, process, technology approaches, perspectives, um, thoughts. And, um, and it's ever changing. And it's, it's, a daily, uh, it's a daily challenge, right? There's, there's no one way to do something. And that's what I love about our industry. But it also makes it extremely difficult, too. And so that's, uh, I think that's part of the conversation, right? That's why we're here. Yeah, that's exactly why we're here. I mean, we want to hear, you know, tease out those real problems. So can you think of anywhere where, you know, in the context of the built environment, you've really seen that disjointedness, you know, maybe cause friction. You know, a lot of people are afraid to get in there, but I think it's time we get in and talk about a few of those more uh, challenging problems, that friction you see. Sure. Um, well, I just, I have a couple, couple kind of key key areas for me um, as I get involved in projects, specifically planning and team building. I think that's kind of the first one, right? You know, when a project team starts to come together, when a project has been awarded or there's proof of funding, when we actually start to do what we do best as professionals, there's always the initial, you know, partnering session or the initial, um, you know, fireside chat, you know, really getting that team together. 
And that I think is where you really need to start to figure out, you know, who you have on the bus and that will, you know, start to do things like goal planning and, and, and deliverable setting and, and milestones and expectations and all those things. And that to me is key. I think jobs that do that really well, um, reduce those amounts of friction, those, those points in time where, um, maybe there is, you know, misalignment or there's, um, you know, differences in opinion and that's okay. Our, our industry has a lot of different angles to approach it with. Um, but those partnering sessions, like that big milestone to me, where you got to figure out who you got, right. Kind of, you know, who are going to be the role players on, on which areas of the team. Um, and then of course is once you start to have, you know, design progression, you know, you're creating things, right. Whether you're creating a document, you're creating models, you're creating an experience, you're creating something that might be a little bit fluid. That is also the next opportunity to, to really start to understand, you know, where the direction can maybe go. And that's when you get a lot of varying perspectives, right? And sometimes people are all on board with the varying perspectives and sometimes people have strong, uh, strong opinions about those and they, and they will voice them. And so I think there's, there's this constant balance of alignment with goals and expectations and outcomes and, and, and with role players. And then also when change happens, like I think many people, um, embrace change differently. Some people love change. Some people think it's totally chaotic and their world is coming down. Um, so you have to be able to balance that as a team. And I think that, you know, that, that idea of being okay with change is something uncomfortable that you got to talk about at the beginning because you know, it's going to happen, right? I've never been a part of a, a project throughout my career where change did not happen. I don't think that, um, it's realistic to think that, um, that would never happen again. So I think we have to, we got to prepare for change. You have to be prepared for the unexpected. I, I want to take you back because you talked about a couple of things. I think that alignment is key, right? When you when you when I think about disjointed, um, I think about everybody just having their own different perspective and not, you know, aligning, coming together early on, getting that out there and understanding one another. I mean, that's what I hear. But then you talked about that friction. See, if you have that alignment. Friction can be a real good thing. I mean, sitting down with a bunch of people who just agree with one another doesn't really push the thing forward. So, you know, when you talk about that strong personalities and opinions, those things can actually turn out well. Like those are good conversations at times, right? Oh, absolutely. No, I think some of my favorite project engagements early on was when there was some strong personalities or strong influencers in a conversation that said, hey, we have these lessons learned from this past experience and we don't want to repeat some of these things. Or they say, we definitely want to do these things. And maybe they were different from what me and my team have done in the past, but we're willing to listen, right? I think that's a key piece of healthy friction is being willing to listen first and talk second. Um, there's a lot of value, I think, and Simon Sinek says, you know, all the time, you know, know your why. I like to say, know other people's why. It's important to understand what makes other people tick. You know, what are, what are value drivers or valuable outcomes for other people? Um, and then that healthy friction can really work, right? Because when you're working on, let's say a large project team and you've done things a certain way and you know, you want to repeat certain things and not others, but yet maybe I had a different perspective or a different experience from my last job. And I feel very strongly about that. Let's take a moment to unpack that. Let's talk about it. Maybe the way that it was approached in the last project was too abrasive, or maybe um, the way that it was executed didn't quite go according to plan and it left a bad taste in people's mouths. You got to kind of have that dialogue as humans, but you got to be willing to listen though. Right. I mean, all of us are, are very, you know, I guess, intentional with how we like to do things. I think I would say most humans are. Um, but you got to be also intentional to listen to how somebody else may want to do it and, and find, you know, crowdsource, find ways in which people want to operate and want to come together. Um, and then you can make some tough decisions as a group. But, 
you know, try to not let it be soul sourced. Find the opportunity to have that collective conversation. Well, you talked about a couple of things. It takes a lot of of forethought to go in there and understand people's why. Um, big Simon Sinek fan. I, I think that's kind of unique that, you know, the other thing he says is, is, you know, leaders eat last, right? It's all about letting everybody else get everything out when you come into a meeting. It's really hard not to to say something, especially when you're passionate about it. To But speaking last gives you the opportunity to hear everybody's side, which also in construction, that's probably four, five, six different ways to slice a problem. And that's probably a better outcome. It's not one given way. It's almost always a little bit of the new way, right? That's continuous improvement. Yeah. Well, I think even at that point, right, we, we all have a little bit of what I would call unintentional bias entering a conversation, right? We all want to speak. We all want to be heard. Um, we all want to make sure the room understands that, you know, we have value to bring to the table. Um, but there's definitely, um, and, and it resonates with me a lot, you know, I, I coach sports, Jeff, as you know, um, leaders eating last is a great thing because you're letting the team provide feedback. You're letting people bring all perspectives to the table. Um, but then sometimes you need to be able to, to kind of have a, you know, kind of have that moment where you come to center and you say, okay, we've collected all this feedback we've collected perspectives. Here's what the group is hearing. Or, you know, as the leader, you know, you should be the one to say, okay, I've heard everything. Here's what I'm hearing. Um, it sounds like we maybe have some folks that be heading in this direction. It sounds like there might be a contingent over here that may have a different perspective. You know, how would we like to proceed based on the information provided? Because that way everybody has had the chance and there's not just one or two people influencing, you know, the masses. You really are giving that chance for that, you know, that that group feedback and, and really to move as a collective unit, not to move in, in separate factions. It, ultimately, you're talking about taking that disjointedness, understanding people's perspectives, aligning, you know, and then allowing and making some decisions to move it forward. It might not be, you know, where I went in and wanted it to go or where you went in and wanted it to go. But it's probably where it needed to go in the end. And we can, and, and you know, it's, I always talk about this. You don't go to a, an escape room by yourself, right? <laughs> you bring other people. And that's kind of the, when you get into the room, that's what you have to be open to. Um, I think there's a misnomer in that, you know, that, that, you know, that we're at odds as an industry. Um, I think classically, maybe some of the contract structures and other things have put us at odds. But when you get in that room, do you really feel like everybody's at odds with one another? I would say, you know, you, you need to lean on your your organization or your team's leadership to kind of set the, you know, set the baseline, right? Enter the room in the right frame of mindset. So that doesn't happen, right? I mean, that project partnering at the beginning, you know, that initial kumbaya, as I call it sometimes, you know, it's important because you are getting to know humans for the first time, right? And we're in a human-based industry. We're never going to be able to design and build buildings with just robots. Just not going to happen. So you need your leaders, though, to enter that conversation and bring the team in in the right mindset. Otherwise, it could be very unhealthy, right? Um, so hopefully you're entering those conversations with an open mind, with an open perspective, being willing and able and a little vulnerable to, uh, to, other, to other approaches. Um, and then you kind of go from there, right? Because you're never going to solve anything in, in one conversation. We're in a very process-oriented, iterative industry, um, and it takes people, you know, many, 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 many opportunities, many, many conversations to kind of get things to where, you know, there is consensus to keep moving forward. And, you know, as we often say, sometimes slow is smooth, smooth is fast. You don't want to make a bunch of decisions, rush into something, and then change a bunch of things with a negative outcome. You want to make sure that you're being methodical, you're, you're crowdsourcing information at the right time, the right frequency, 
Um, and I think that sets up for those healthy conversations rather than walking in the room and having uh, having a storm in front of you. Yeah, I think it's a far better way to to walk into the room. It's better off that you know we're not we're not walking in swords drawn, ready to fight our way out. We're actually walking in there, you know, trying to to solve some problems. So thinking about the biggest problems that that are you know out there ahead of us in the industry, wh- what do you think is some of the biggest problems and hurdles we have coming? Well, I think the I mean workforce development is an obvious one, right? And I, I think that as an industry, you know, there's many ways to take workforce development. Let me take it, I guess, from the construction management, construction technologist perspective. I think there is a ton more that we have to realize as an industry in how machine learning, robotics, AI, automation in general, um, really should be able to to move our industry forward more in, in a more lean and efficient way. I just think we're scratching the surface. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I love a good Dynamo script like anybody else does. Uh, but there's tons of ways to script things now, right? To automate, to take manual button clicking, manual data entry into more of an autonomous world. Um, but I think our industry has a real problem with talent acquisition, replacing our craft, right? I have this idea called the digital craft I've shared with you, Jeff, um, that, that many McCarthyans and I believe um, really needs to be more of a focus. Um, but there's there's got to be better ways to apply technology to very remedial tasks, to, re- to very, you know, very manual based things that I think our industry really just needs to start to realize is a thing of the past. We have to take that transformational step forward. We oftentimes hear the phrase digital transformation and among among others. And I think the only way that we'll ever really get there is we as humans really start to truly automate or to remove more of that manual process of a very simplistic things that I think our industry just needs to, you know, needs to move forward on. Now that we have things like BIM and and just model based approaches to where it was just very manual or very, um, you know, very traditional in, in the sense in the past. And so there's a lot of opportunity, Jeff. But I'll, I'll start there. Yeah, no, and I, I think you're right. There are there is a lot of opportunity there. I think when people hear you say that, though, there's this there's this belief that that's getting rid of people or changing what people do. And I, I know you and I have talked about this, so I want to tease that out a little bit more. Is it you're talking about getting rid of the remedial things that people need to do and allowing them to focus on the real problems that we face in the industry. I mean, I think the real problem that we have and that you're articulating is we're too much in the business and not enough on the business, right? We're 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 almost gauging ourselves as part of what we do and what we do is not clicking ones and zeros. What we do is that experience, is that relationship and cultivating that and getting the most out of it. Am I giving that back to you that the right way? You absolutely are. And I think it's to that point where, you know, we have to ask ourselves, you know, why do we exist in our organizations, right? Why are we here? Whether we are here to beat the drum, whether we're here to produce a deliverable, like whatever, whatever it is that we are here to do, there is plenty of things that we do on a daily basis that more than likely could be done a better way, right? Sometimes we just don't have the time to dedicate to it, right? Sometimes there's just too much going on. But if you really took a step back, you know, and maybe the holiday season is kind of one of those opportunities to take that step back. If you could reimagine the things that we got to do every day, whether it's mitigating risk, whether it's ensuring that the outcome is going to meet the expectation, whether it's the client's experience, whatever it is that we got to do, there's sure there's surely some pieces of that to where right now it could be done better. It could be optimized, right? It could be leaner. Um, that's the opportunity, right? 
but someone needs to take it on, whether it's you or me or teams of folks that we work with. We got to take on the opportunity to, to be more effective because we have to do more with less in some respects. In some respects, we got to do a lot more with the same. But even to that point, though, like the world is moving faster. We're almost in 2022. We've endured tons of change as a universe in the last year and a half. Um, and in our industry is exploding right now with not just, you know, the, the pace of work, um, but with the pace of technology or the pace of things that are, that are changing our industry, that are disrupting our industry, that are, you know, arguably forcing it to become more disjointed. Um, so the opportunity, I think, for us is really look at the automation, at the, um, you know, at the kind of replacement of, of the manual based approach that then a human could apply more of their industry experience, their best practices, their just their their true expertise in the right areas that really higher, better value use, um, because I'm sure there's a higher and better use for my time than entering some certain things in Excel, right? Or, or doing some things that takes 25 picks and clicks to where I could have one click of a button and it's automated. And so we have to, we got to take a step back and think about those things. And ironically, I think now is a good time here to do that. I think you're right on a, on a lot of levels there. We're almost all bit too busy being busy and it's time to, to take a break. So going into the holidays here, although this will probably be out after the holidays. So hopefully y'all took some time during the holidays to, to think about that and, and to really take a breath. And I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the tagline here is we believe there's a better way. And, and I think that ultimately culminates in, we believe there's a better experience for everyone to have. You know, there's far too many times that these construction projects end in a, who we got that done. Let's do it again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, just knowing the builders that I know across the continuum, knowing how owners feel about, you know, their, their facilities, how designers feel about their designs, how trade partners think about the systems and the things that they build and the way that you general contractors think about being the orchestrators behind it. You're changing the experience. You're evolving it. It should be this thing that we all high five and move on to the next one, knowing that we're going to improve it. And, you know, I think here at Disjointed, that's what we're all about is, is facilitating that conversation because it's really about a conversation first, aligning those stakeholders and getting somewhere. So my last question for you before I let you leave is, is if you were me sitting in this, you know, unique seat I have here right now, where would you go? Where would you focus? Where would I go? Where would I focus? Well, I, I think you need to, to always keep in mind, you know, going to what I call the point of attack, right? Go to where the work is, you know, make sure that that you're going to the going to the people, going to the opportunities that are that are live, that, that are happening. Right. Um, I think case studies are great. I think data is great, um, but nothing is better to me than going to the point of attack. I just went to one of our project job sites this morning. Um, there was an eight o'clock meeting. I had the option to call in remotely, but I didn't. I went to the point of attack. I went to the job site because there's still something to be said about sitting across the table from each other as humans, reading body language, feeling the energy in the room, having a great conversation that will ultimately lead with everyone looking each other in the eye, hopefully shaking hands um, and saying, awesome, let's follow up. This was good. This is healthy. Let's keep moving. Um, I'm just a big believer in that. And maybe that's, you know, my background with sports and coaching and just kind of the, the natural athlete in me is, is I want to be in that room together, fostering that, that team-based relationship, um, looking at each other and knowing that we're going to go back out on that field, you know, in, in one day's time, one week's time, whatever it might be, 
um, and, and give it our best and, and play that game. Um, but in order to do that, though, you know, you can't go out there by yourself. Um, you can't go out there on a Zoom meeting. Um, you, you have to go and do the work together. Um, and the human, in the human interaction, the human energy, the human component will never disappear. And so, you know, I try to lead with that. I lead by example in the sense of, you know, don't forget about the human element. Because no matter how great technology is, no matter what great workflow you can put down on a piece of paper, it still takes the humans to do the process. I, I love it. Um, and I hear you. It you know What I'm hearing on my end is I have to go where the action is, go where the difficult conversations are, have the, uh, have the ability to sit down and facilitate that and really and go where the work is not always fun. And uh, I really hope to be doing a few of these in person too. So uh, I'm with you because reading body language, understanding people, that's a, that's a key component to, to any transformation. And I think our first transformation is in our people and our problems before we get anywhere with our technology. So I agree yeah. with you, Alex. Thank you for joining me today. Let everybody know where they can connect with you, follow you, uh, engage with what you're up to. Sure. No, sure thing, Jeff. Well, I, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm involved in a number of different organizations across our industry, which is awesome. Um, you know, I'm a big part of a lot of the same ones that you're in. Um, but without a doubt, you know, you guys can contact me anytime, you know, abelkoffer at mccarthy.com. Um, Jeff will have my information if anybody uh, wants it. But feel free to come to St. Louis. Um, McCarthy, um, while we're headquartered here, I'm going to work all across the nation. Um, a lot of different organizations that we're involved in, such as DBIA, uh, the BIM Forum, uh, and BIMS, um, a lot of different things that, that we're doing right now to try to foster this notion of making our industry better through the use of collaboration, through the use of technology. Um, Jeff, no doubt, I'll hopefully see you on one of your other many podcasts soon. Um, and obviously, come to St. Louis, man. It'd be great to see you again. We'd love to have you actually come to one of our job sites. Come to the point of attack. Come uh, come talk to one of our teams live, uh, live in person. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Disjointed. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our first full season. To learn more about Disjointed or read the show notes, just stop by disjointed.fm. This show is brought to you by Join, the decision-making platform for the built environment. Learn more at join.build.